You're listening to The Influencer Podcast, episode number 24. Last week, I gave you insight and wisdom into the importance of following your fear and the success it can bring. This week, bloggers Ashley Fultz and Abby Oxy get real about the sometimes it really sucks side of growing a blog and influencer career and how to overcome the frustrations and struggles. To sign up for exclusive access via the newsletter, head over to theinfluencerpodcast.com. To uplevel your own influence, garner free publicity for your business, gain access to free marketing tips and social media growth strategies, head over to juliesolomon.net. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times bestselling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. Hi, Influencers, and welcome to today's episode. I am so thrilled to bring on two of my closest friends in this crazy influencer space, Ashley Fultz and Abby Oxy. Ashley is a fashion and lifestyle blogger and TV style expert. She shares fashion and beauty tips and tricks, as well as documents her personal style, home, and life as a new mom on her website, The Style Editrix. AOL featured Ashley as one of the top 30 LA bloggers to follow, and she is also a regular contributor and style expert on KTLA in Los Angeles and has been featured on The Zoe Report, E! Online, Refinery29, and many more. Blogger Abby Oxy founded The Chic Mamas to create a platform where mothers and parents could come to converse on the everyday life of raising children. It is a venue to create conversation with honesty about the not-so-chic moments of raising tiny humans and also incorporates travel, product reviews, food and drink recipes, along with Mommy and Me inspirations. Abby has also been a nurse for the last 10 years, nine of which were spent in oncology and stem cell transplants. She is also the founder of the upcoming series, Hashtag Mom Guilt Mondays, where moms can say goodbye to the blame game, get real about not having every minute of motherhood, and start living their lives without shame. She is also launching an upcoming t-shirt line called Strunk strut like a mother and along with her awesome husband actor aj buckley they co-founded a luxury diaper bag company called paperclip life that was recently featured on people magazine so i wanted to have both of these fabulous women on the same episode because they have a lot in common they are both originally from kentucky they're both entrepreneurs they're both mothers they both live in l.a They're both obviously bloggers, but most of all, they know what it's like to have this crazy influencer world be this ever-changing side hustle in their life, as well as a full-time gig. They've been through it all, ladies, along with their amazing success. Abby and Ashley are always super candid about... Well, what really just kind of sucks about being an influencer sometimes, the hardships, the pitfalls, the plateaus, but they are also super innovative and know how to get back up, dust off the dirt, and really succeed and move forward. So they have a lot of real wisdom and action-based takeaways to share with you guys. So I am so excited to welcome them today. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. <laughs> That's yes. an amazing intro, Julie. Thank you. And actually, I know. we have a lot more in common than I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we definitely do, especially the Kentucky, Kentucky background. Like, that's so crazy. I know. It's very funny. And that we both live in L.A., both have kids around the same age. It's mm-hmm. all connects us in many ways. 
It does. So I just want to kind of dive in. I want to start with you, Ashley, um, because you both obviously have different tracks, but then we'll kind of go into how that flows. I would love if you could just kind of quickly tell us your story of how you got to Kentucky and then L.A. and then really Mm -hmm. started in the influencer space. And then uh, we'll get to you after that, Abby. Okay. Yeah, totally. Um, My journey has been so interesting. I, I pretty much knew from the time I was like eight years old that I wanted to be on TV and I was obsessed with Eon the um, news is red carpet stuff. So fashion was a major component of that. But at the time I didn't really realize, um, how it was all going to work out. So fast forward to college, I majored in journalism and then I moved out to LA my junior year to intern at E, um, while I was going to squat here. And, um, I interned at true Hollywood story and I volunteered for everything. Um, Extra. So I was doing little things from uh, fashion police to live from the red carpet, different things like that, just to get my foot in the door. And then a few months after that, um, I actually got hired on as the executive assistant to E! News. Um, so I worked at E! for the next seven years, which was crazy, and worked my way up company from assistant to coordinator to um, basically a reporter on the red carpet. And then my last job there, which was my favorite, was a fashion and lifestyle segment producer. So I was the one that pitched and produced all the fashion, beauty, and lifestyle content for E! News, which was an hour long international show. I was the youngest segment producer there. It was an amazing job, but ultimately after doing that position for two and a half years, I decided it wasn't as fulfilling as I wanted it to be. And I saw everyone else with um, more flexibility and more creativity and things like that. So I ended up leaving E and trying to figure out what my next step was. And my best friend at the time was a really successful blogger. And I had sort of seen the landscape changing um, from events, just having editors and producers to having a lot of influencers and bloggers. And at the time, I didn't really know what to make of it, but I knew my friend was making money. So I started my blog as a business. My husband was like, you have to make money. Like you can do this blog if you want, but like, if you're going to do that full time, like you have to figure it out. So I kind of started my blog in a different way than a lot of people did. A lot of people usually started off as a hobby, but for me, I knew from day one, like it had to be a moneymaker. And I also came from this background of having so many publicist contacts and having all these great relationships relationships in the fashion and beauty industry, which really helped me. So my blog kind of took off in a way right away. I got my first deal a month in. um, And yeah, I've been doing this now for four years as a full-time position. And it's not been like easy or amazing the whole time. And there's definitely been many ups and downs and so many scary weeks and months where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm not making any money. Should I get a job? But I've kind of hung in there with it. And I've gotten a few side gigs as a personal stylist. And of course I do my work as a TV style expert too, but yeah, that's where I am now four years later. (laughs) And then Miss Abby. Yes. Um, so I obviously was at the University of Kentucky in nursing school. And uh, at first in life, that was what I thought I was always going to be. Um, I got out of school. They were willing to fly me out to California, help me move here. Uh, I started my my career basically as an oncology nurse. I never left it. But after I had my daughter and went on maternity leave, I was really had a lot of anxiety about leaving work 
kind of leaving a steady paycheck, even to go home and have a baby. Because for us growing up, our work ethic was really huge for us. I mean, I've always been a worker, always wanted to be. Um, so even when I was on maternity leave, I wanted something else to do. And randomly, um, we had been working with this food delivery company and they approached me and said, would you want to, you know, talk about your journey of getting back into shape after having a baby? And I said, okay. So I actually started blogging for them. And when I started asking them for my statistics, I actually realized that my blogs were getting a lot of hits for them. So when I started seeing, and then I started researching blogs more, and I started seeing kind of what Ashley saw, where people can make money off of it, and it isn't a legit business, I thought, why not start my own? And so my husband was very supportive. I built my own website from the ground up. I actually even like took internet courses on how to blog, which I know sounds very nerdy, but <laughs> it's um, it was true. I did the whole thing. Um, built myself an editorial calendar and really threw myself into it and started it. Um, it was very naive. Like, Ashley, you're totally a rock star for getting something in the first month. For me, it was like getting products and doing product review for free. And until I finally put my foot down and said, like, no, here's my rate. You know, if you can't work with it, I'm sorry, I have to say no and pass. But so in the last three years, I've actually made it into a legit business. So I still do nursing because I love it. Um, <clears throat> but this is also a great passion of mine as well. And it's also turned into a great business on the side, which is kind of fun I'm juggling both. But um, I look at them as, you know, both a priority for me. So that's really my story of how I got started. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business Business for sponsoring the show. And I want to talk a little bit about, because I know when I think I might've met each of you separately and then you guys mm -hmm. met, I think, mm -hmm. is how yeah. that went. Yes. Um, but I know that, um, you guys have really been kind of hustling within that lifestyle track for really the past I mean, mm -hmm. ever since you started, but I think that there's been so much change and so much saturation, I would probably say within the last 12 to 18 months. So I would love to know kind of in the past 12 to 18 months, what you have seen in terms of the shift with brand deals and with really growing your, your presence and your influence on social media and how you guys have tried to overcome that. Well, I always say like the hustle and struggle is real when it comes to blogging. Cause like you said, it's very oversaturated. Um, 
I really, for me, my niche works well. You know, I am a, a mom and baby blogger. I think, um, like Ashley does the styles well and that's her entire background. I think that's what totally sets her apart too, is she's worked in that industry for such a long time. I think for me, if I were to come about and just be a style blogger, it just doesn't work for me because that's not truly who I am at heart. And I think that's what probably fails for a lot of people that wake up one day and say, Oh, I'm going to be a style blogger. Um, I think in the last 18 months, there's been a lot of, well, everyone freaks out about Instagram changing its algorithm. Um, I think brands are getting smarter. They don't want to just see, you know, comments from the same people over and over again, or random likes on different pictures that aren't consistent. And I think they're getting smarter about engagement. So I think you really have to just keep pushing on and not worry about some of those things as far as like the Instagram algorithm and trying to like really engage with your followers and grow your business in that way. That's one of the things I think I've seen in the last year. What about you, Ashley? What do you think? Oh gosh. Um, for me, I feel like this last year has been so much focused on Instagram numbers, which mm-hmm. kills me. Julie, you and I have talked about this several times <laughs> and it's just the bane of my existence. Ultimately, I, uh, I, um, you know, honestly, I think that year when I was pregnant and then the first year with the baby, it kind of slowed down for me because I really took, you know, you know, motherhood seriously. And I had a rough time of being pregnant. I was sick pretty much the entire time. And then the first year of motherhood for me was super challenging. Um, so then I felt like a huge drop off, like kind of in my engagement and my numbers. And, and now this year I've, I've been like getting, you know, all these like agents and managers that I've been talking to, like, okay, get your numbers up, get your followers up to a hundred thousand. And I'm like, okay, but anyone can do that. You can buy followers, but that's not what I want to do. And that's really not what I'm interested in. So what I've tried to do and it, listening to the influencer podcast has, has been extremely helpful to me, but I've really tried to just focus on the followers that I do have and really build a stronger community because these people that are following me are, are, you know, my people. And, and those are the people I really want to speak to. And, and that's, I've kind of just been honing in on my brand as a style expert. And, and when I've been doing these personal styling sessions on the side, it's actually really helped help me refocus my brand to give better real life tips, everyday outfit ideas, um, and, and just styling options for real women across the country that are following me. And so that's that's kind of what I've been focusing on. And I feel like brands are catching on to that too. They see strong engagement through comments and likes. And my Insta stories does extremely well. I'm constantly getting direct, direct messages. And I constantly ask other moms and women for advice. And they ask me for advice. And it's just this great community that I'm building. And I, I feel like brands and, and everyone's getting smarter about that and getting on board. And they're not just interested in the 100 thousand followers they're they're maybe interested in the more engaged followers yeah I wanted to touch on that with because I know that you both had had said to me that you you have this feeling that brands are getting small uh, smarter and I know that Ashley you just gave some some ideas what are mm-hmm. other ways that you think that they're getting smarter or maybe the question should be how how can we as influencers help them mm-hmm. get smarter if that makes sense yeah. For me, um, I'll just take this one first. I think that, honestly, um, sharing your numbers is really 
effective. Uh, so for Insta stories, I think that's a huge selling point for brands because I read a statistic recently that said people are 80 times more likely to buy through video than they are through a photo. And we all know that Instagram photos are not clickable anyways. Um, so sell to a brand, go to them and say, you know, I'll do three videos showcasing your beauty product for the same price that it would be for a photo. So whatever your rate is. And, and I think that's a huge selling for brands. And the fact that you can swipe up if you have over 10,000 followers um, and you're a business um, page on Instagram, that's a huge selling point. Or if you're verified, obviously you can swipe up as well. But um, I, I feel like social media is where it's at. So I'm seeing less sponsored blog posts from brands because they don't want to pay for all these um, images and all this content. They'd rather just get their little one hit wonder through an Instagram post or an Insta story. Or if you're on Snapchat, a lot of brands are interested in Snapchat too, but I don't do that because it's just too much. <laughs> I agree. Actually, I was going to, I was just going to talk about videos. I think that brands, instead of getting this, like sometimes this professionally captured photo that doesn't really relate to everyone. I mean, even as a mom, nobody wants to see me dressed up with like full face of makeup and my hair looking nicely holding a baby. Like this is how I woke up. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. not real life. So sometimes with videos, and I think that's where a lot of brands will start going, like you said, and I actually just landed a brand deal last week for video. And it's the same thing. They were going to pay me my rate and we, were, we decided to do video because I shared my numbers with them. But I do think that videos show who you are, you know, in the moment, they don't have to be just this one photo, this one time capture. People can actually get to know you as a person and you can engage about brands that you like. And if you're really staying authentic and true to your, like, who you are and your own brand, you're only going to use products that you're into. And I feel like people connect with that and seeing you in video, I think is, um, is something that brands will start to want to use more and more, especially mm -hmm. Facebook videos, as well as Instagram stories. I know that they both have put a lot of, um, is behind their videos lately. And I actually um, heard through the grapevine that even Facebook might be trying to acquire YouTube. So I think that that might be a new thing that's happening as well. So I think a lot of things uh, and brands will start really heading towards video. Um, and, and I think that that's, I think that's why Instagram stories does so well because it is a digital component. Um, have you guys dabbled into more of the Instagram live, especially now because you have the option to save it for 24 hours? And if so, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on that and really just Instagram story as a whole in, and letting your audience kind of see more who you, of who you are as a brand and as a person and how that's helping you grow. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely go. Um, so first of all, this is my background. I wanted to get on TV and video because I really think that using your voice and your personality to um, relay messages and to share your tips and tricks like I do on my blog and my videos is so much more authentic and relatable than it is through photos. Photos, it's just really hard to tell where the person's coming from. Um, so on Insta stories, I feel like that's why I do so well because I'm super honest. I'm super open. I love hearing feedback from other people. And I, I think that people just really resonate with those stories. And Instagram Live, I have done. I actually do that um, on my Fashion Mamas page at least once a month. Um, I don't do it on my channel a lot because... I don't know. I feel like I need to like actually sit down and schedule a time where people tune in because I've done it before. And if it's not, um, getting people watching live, then I don't feel like it's as effective. I'd rather just do Insta stories to where it's planned out and I can like tell them a story of like what's happening currently. Um, but Insta stories and live, um, Instagram live and Facebook live, I feel like are both 
huge things and it's so great to be interactive if there are people actually watching live and they can have comments and and interact with you like abby and i did one when we were in her closet and we were picking out <laughs> holiday outfits and it honestly was so much fun and we had so many comments people were mm-hmm. so interested but they had to tune in we had to really set up a time and for for days you know drive in thursday at 11 a.m we're gonna we're gonna go live on facebook on instagram whatever you really have to promote it um so I think that's the catch there. You really want people to actually be able to tune in. So you've got to promote that. Otherwise, I would just stick to doing, um, you know, tape videos on Facebook or Instagram. I mean, same with Ashley. I totally agree with her. I just think for Instagram um, lives, you have to honestly really promote it or you have to be really consistent and say, we're doing Transformation Tuesday at 10 a.m. and be consistent every Tuesday so that all of your followers know for that Instagram live, they can tune in and chat with you. Um, and I, I love that it stays for 24 hours, but in the end, when I'm really like looking at that time and effort I put into that 24 hours and it goes away, I don't love the fact that I can't now use it for my blog or I can't live on Facebook or I can't put it on my YouTube. Um, that's why I think a lot of people still resort to Facebook lives. Like what Ashley just said, we did that one that, uh, was in my closet and I think it has 11 or 12,000 views still, and people mm-hmm. can still go look it up and I can put it on my blog and my other mm-hmm. channels. And I, I do love that aspect. Um, I could totally see Instagram figuring out that soon and doing the same thing. Um, I think you just have to really commit to it and be really consistent. So for now too, I stick to Instagram stories as well. Speaking of consistency and um, scheduling, I would love to hear from you both on how and if you plan content. Do you have an editorial calendar that you use? Do you just kind of like see how the day goes or are you someone who really batches a lot of content and you have it, you know, four, six weeks in advance or is it something that's more like, oh, I want to share this and so you do it kind of in a minute. How is that process for each of you? I think for me, it's a big mix. Um, I do have an editorial calendar that I keep, but I also, life gets in the way for me sometimes, but I do, um, I usually work on the blog. I take one full day to do it. So, um, a lot of my stuff is batched and I will shoot it for upcoming things. So usually I would shoot something like six weeks out saying, or like say you're back to school, I should have shot it in June probably. Um, but I do also, if something comes up and it's in the minute and it's a great shot and I think that my readers, um, and followers will relate to it, then I do add those in as well. It's just kind of a mix. And I think it goes with, you know, what, um, your followers have been talking about what your DMS are saying, what people are telling you they're asking for. I think you have to really listen to your followers as well. And when people ask you about things, I think it's fun to share about to that to everyone. Cause it also keeps people coming back and they're like, Oh, she answers her questions. Um, but I do have a little bit of a mix of how I plan out my, my subject matter and my content. And Abby, I know <laughs> that a lot of our, our listeners are actually still kind of doing this as a, as a side hustle, you know, they may have like another full-time job. And so they blog at night or they blog on the weekends. I know that you have a lot of other quote unquote jobs as well. Um, and sometimes the blog can kind of take that side hustle seat. So how has that been for you? Like in, in trying to balance that and juggle it both? Oh, it's, I mean, I have a side ponytail and like, I haven't showered all day yet. Kind of a thing. I mean, it's just like, it's so hard Sometimes it really is hard sometimes, but I do always try to answer all of my emails in the same day. Um, I do always try to stay on top of like what content I'm going to have. And I shoot at least once a week. Um, but it, 
and true life happens. I mean, there's times also like where my child's sick and I don't actually do nursing and I don't do the blog and that's just real life. And I'll literally, I will post about that later that why I took a break from social media. Um, but you just have to prioritize in life. You know, is this going to be something that's more of a hobby for you or something that you are willing to turn into a business? And if that's the sense, then like it can't really take a side hustle for too long or you're going to lose it. The, you'll lose the followers, you'll lose the engagement and all of that. So you have to just really, you got to work hard. I mean, that's, I think that's the best advice I can give. It's kind of hard to do both uh, or have a main job and this, but you just have to keep at it. And Ashley, when it comes to the planning content, do you have any tips or secrets? <laughs> oh gosh, mom life, hashtag mom life. Yes. <laughs> I feel like my <laughs> editorial scheduling has kind of gone out the window and taken a backseat just because life is so crazy and hectic. Once I get Smith into daycare, um, I feel like things will get a lot easier and I'll be able to go back to planning more because I think there is something amazing about planning. It goes back to my days at E. Um, when I sat down and really thought about pitches and what would do well on the show and things like Valentine's Day, do specific segments for that or like Labor Day is coming up. So I always try to think of what's next, what's coming up. Like it was National Lipstick Day and like, you know, think of things like that that are really relatable and timely. Um, if, if you can plan those out in your editorial calendar, I think that's super helpful. And I think you'll get a lot more clicks because it's so relatable um, and current. Um, but otherwise, yeah, unfortunately my life at the moment is kind of just like day by day, minute by minute. And I try to just get up as much content as I can. I do keep really consistent to my post. Um, every Monday on the blog, I always have an outfit post every Wednesday. I always do like a collage or what what I'm lusting after now. And every Thursday I always do a video. So I, I kind of have in my mind every week of what's going to happen and what's going on. So that's sort of my, um, editorial calendar, you know, just kind of basic generalized, but. And I want to chat a little bit more about blog and blogs and blogging, because I know that you guys kind of mentioned earlier that you felt that brands are really kind of focusing more on Instagram as the platform to use for, um, you know, marketing and engagement and deals. Do you guys feel that blogs are quote unquote dead? Um, or do you think that it's more that the brands just don't see a big conversion over there anymore? So they're not really focusing on it. Or do you really feel that the, the transition and how blogs have become that, you know, blogs should, should kind of be like their own set of content and then your social media is kind of a different set of content. How do you guys kind of feel about all that? Oh, gosh. Um, for me, I think that it's definitely um, different content. So blog is sort of my longer format, whereas social media is a, a uh, you know, just one photo or one little blurb of my life. But I, I do have to say my numbers in the blog have probably cut in half this last year. I do think that there is a trend going away from the blog. Would I stop blogging? No, I think that's still my home base and my loyal followers can still have a hub to go to, to see all of my content. And that's where I release all of my creativity to I, I love blogging and I think that there's definitely a place for it. Maybe it's not as high traffic and high volume anymore because it's so saturated and brands have definitely seen that. And it's, it's a much quicker fix for them to just go and do one Instagram. Um, but I would not stop blogging. And I think that 
you've mentioned before on the influencer podcast, you know, that's sort of the thing that you own and Instagram can go away any day and Facebook and whatever else. And, um, you know, building your blog and maintaining that, that side of your brand, I think is super important. And yeah, it's just, it's going to be around for me for a long, long time to come. And I agree uh, with Ashley as well on that. The the biggest thing for me and um, blogging, and I've also seen the same where the numbers had dropped recently and is and people actually going to the site in the traffic. But I do think it's my outlet. It's my inspiration. Um, I think that I need to start, what I need to start doing, what I think would be really good advice also for other bloggers, which Julie, when we were at the Simple, uh, the Simply event the other day, we learned this from Jasmine Starr, is that you can't put your whole thing on Instagram, you have to kind of like bait people in still to coming to read what you have to say. So you have almost like a question you're asking them, or you put something out there that makes them come back and say, Oh my gosh, I want to read the rest of, you know, how she made her two-year-old feel better after the flu. There's, I think that we just have to be a little bit smarter about gaining traffic back. Um, needless to say, I was just thinking about this and it's something that I need to start doing and then hopefully I'll see my numbers go back up. But I, I do think that brands just want that one-time deal um, and they're not so much worried about people going to read paragraphs and looking at, you know, 10 pictures on the blog so much anymore. But um, mine wouldn't go away anytime soon. I definitely love it as my outlet. Um, I would love to know, because a lot of times people always ask me, um, even if they finally get like a monetized brand deal, it's a lot of times it's like a one and burn. Do you guys have any tips or advice on how to keep the brands coming back and making the brands essentially your repeat customers um, as an influencer? Oh, I think um, for me, I I was saying this the other day, if you go above and beyond for a brand, like say you're going to do one post for them, they're paying you a rate, but then you decide to do Insta stories as well. Um, You talk about them often, or if it's a brand that you use all the time, so you're constantly talking about them, I think that's a good relationship to have. Um, It shows them that you're willing to put in the work. I also think that if people have products, but they can't necessarily um, pay you at the time, but they want to send it to you and you end up liking it and you might put it in your Insta stories or it might make your way into your blog. Um, that's always good. Cause I've had many brand deals come from that kind of situation where I've gotten product. It's been great. I've talked about it. And then they come back later when they actually have a budget and I end up having a brand deal that way. Mm, that's great. What about you, Ashley? Um, I, I definitely, um, think that there's something to being professional. A lot of people in this industry, I I don't know, they just get caught up in the ego of it or something. They want to be like the talent of it, but really it goes a long way to be thankful and, and to, like Abby said, go above and beyond and to have a real, um, relationship and, and liking to the product or the brand. Um, and then also I think that when you are talking to the brand and they say, Hey, I want one Instagram or one blog post, tell them what you can provide them. You say, you know what? We do have Labor Day coming up and I feel like I could put your sunscreen in this post and then I'm going to Santa Barbara. What if we did three blog posts and we could, I could provide 15 original high res images to you. Content creation for them is key. They always need help with content creation and extra beautiful images that they can share on their site or socially. So pitch even something like that. It doesn't even have to go on your channels, but um, it could go for them and, and just creating images for them. So I think that's another way to go about it and just always think, you know, outside the box and okay, they want one Instagram, but tell them that Facebook is your huge converter for links. And, and maybe you want to throw in a Facebook post for an extra couple hundred dollars here or whatever it is. Just try to sell it more. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that because I think that it's really, it's not their job to grab your attention. It's really your job to grab their attention and their desire to want to work with you. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to let them know what you're going to do for them. It's not about them coming just to find you and figure that out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to move into kind of, um, challenges and mistakes. Um, so I want to talk first about something that we three have talked to talked about extensively privately, and now we're <laughs> going to talk about it publicly. Um, but kind of some of the trends, the fads, if you will, that we've seen coming through. And I know that in some way, shape or form at some time throughout each of our influencer career, we've tried them. Um, but I want to get your feedbacks on comment pods and giveaways. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll start, I guess. Um, okay. I think comment pods are, I, I think they actually are really helpful. Um, you know, you have to really be selective about getting in a comment pod. So get in a group of like-minded women that you really love their content um, and generally would comment anyways. The Instagram algorithm had stopped me from commenting on a lot of my friends' photos. So a comment pod with a group of my friends is actually super helpful because I can see all their content and I can comment on it and I can actually engage with them because I really want to. Um, But yeah, you know, I feel like you don't want all the same people commenting on your photos. And I don't really see a spike in engagement in terms of like more people are going to see it than the algorithm. But I don't know, maybe it does work for some people. I haven't really seen that. I, I just like it more or less because I can actually see more people's posts um, that I want to comment on. And then I, I've gotten out of any comment pods that I'm like, I cannot comment on certain people's photos just because whatever, it's not my cup of tea. Um, And the giveaway thing, oh my gosh, it's so interesting. Like I've only done one, um, group giveaway and I I had so many feelings about it. Um, I could probably talk about this for a long time, but just to, to narrow it down, I feel like a, it's super weird that there's so many people in these loop giveaways. I'm like, gosh, there's just so many people to follow. It's so many people to go through. It's so time consuming. I don't really know if it's worth it for the user in the end, if only one person is going to win. But apparently a lot of people are interested, though I have to talked to some people recently have been doing them and they say the numbers have dropped off dramatically because there's, again, that's so saturated now too. There's so many giveaways and loop giveaways. Um, but for me, I did get a big bump in followers. I did not get a big bump in engagement, which was really concerning to me. Um, so I haven't done it since I'd like to do another with really like-minded bloggers that all have similar aesthetics to me. And that if people would want to follow me, they'd want to follow all these other people too. I don't want to be in loop giveaways with, um, people in other countries or like that are singers or that are, I don't know, that have different backgrounds. I don't think it's like an authentic way of gaining followers, but I do see people that are doing it every week and their following is like growing dramatically. So it's, it's hard to say no to the numbers, but for me, I just, I don't know, something's holding me back from keeping doing it. That's not to say I wouldn't do it again, but I'm not in love with the idea. Yeah. I think so. Um, to start with comment pods, I've been in comment pods, uh, before I do think when the algorithm changed, it was a great way to still see like accounts, like you're saying. Um, I think if you get in them for different reasons, if you're getting in them to try to really just only boost your engagement, I don't think that you're going to see a huge increase in it. And I mean, you can easily go and test that if you stop using them and you get no comments. Well, I mean, that right there isn't going to help your engagement. So I think getting in it with like-minded accounts, um, 
like Ashley said, I sometimes we've been in the same ones actually, I think before, but Mm -hmm. for me sometimes too, like hashtag mom life, I honestly can't keep up with some of them. (laughs) Uh, So I just can't do it, but I don't think that they're a bad thing. And I do think it actually, another thing I was going to say, and this might, I don't want it to be taken the wrong way, but it's also kind of a good way to gauge like, Oh, that brand's looking for people to work with. Well, maybe I'll reach out to them. And it's also a good way just to see like what brands are doing, what they're looking for. Is that an account seems like minded? Like maybe I could get a brand deal from that. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I know that you guys are looking for influencers. I don't think it's a bad thing to begin it. I think it actually kind of, kind of keeps you up to date for, you know, what is happening out there in the influencer world. So I do like them for some of those reasons. Um, as far as giveaways, I do think those big loop giveaways can be a little crazy. You'll get a huge boost. A lot of times people will unfollow. Sometimes you'll see a big, um, increase in engagement and sometimes you won't. It's kind of like, a you're rolling the dice. Um, what I would like to actually try to start doing myself is, I mean, I feel like as a is bloggers and influencers, we do get a lot of products sent to us. And mm-hmm. I think if you really look about like behind, like Julie, you talk about this all the time here on the podcast and just in real life about like service, like this is why we're in this business. We're looking to serve others. We're looking to serve our followers. So why not, if we're going to give something back, why don't we take like some of this product and do either a giveaway, like solely with a brand, mm-hmm. uh, where they give you exposure, you give them exposure, or you're just starting just to give away things to your followers. You know, you're like, Hey, go comment on my last picture about whatever, you know, like your favorite mom moment. And then you pick one and you get to send them like a whole bag of makeup that they probably maybe couldn't afford or haven't tried. And then you're actually really just like serving and giving back. Those are the giveaways I feel like people will start to recognize and then they will follow you for your content, but they'll also follow you and stay around because they're like, Oh, this woman is actually trying to like reach out and help everybody. Um, so I think maybe looking at giveaways, like in that sense might be helpful. Mm -hmm. And I would like to start doing more of those. Um, not to say that I wouldn't do another loop giveaway at some point, but like Ashley said, I would like to do it with more like-minded accounts and, you know, where everybody's into the same thing and, and it, it's like the group aesthetic all looks the same. We're all mom bloggers or everyone's into mm-hmm. style and fashion or beauty. You know, it's just, I think you got to look at, at the pros and cons and what you're really going to get out of it at the end of the day. I love that. I think that you both <laughs> bring just great feedback on that. Cause so many people get so just really bogged down and confused on all of that. Um, so on to a little bit of more mistakes. Um, we talked a lot about, um, you know, engagement and, and, you know, just being engaging. And I think the one thing that, um, Jasmine Starr actually said this as well. I love, she said it so perfectly, but she said, in order to engage, you have to be engaging. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that Ashley, you had told me that, you know, mm-hmm. you're really starting to do that with your community now. Um, mm-hmm. and you had said, because, you know, I think in the beginning we were all testing it out and we all just didn't know. And it was all so new. And you said that you had made that mistake and you're paying for it now. Mm-hmm. So I would love for you to kind of share about, um, what that mistake was and, and how you've changed that. Yeah. So like I said in the beginning, I had originally started my blog and, you know, social media efforts basically as a business. And I think I kind of got lost in in the way that I approach things. I just would put up something and just let it go and just kind of ghost for like a day and then come back and be like, okay, how many likes and comments did I get? And, and I was pretty lucky in the beginning. I had a lot of engaged readers on my blog and commenters on Instagram and Facebook, and I was not responding to them. And eventually I started seeing those people go away. I used to get eight comments or so on every blog post. And I was like, huh, what happened? And 
it's because I was not engaging back. Like I honestly believe that. And I started, um, guess maybe six months ago, pretty much trying to comment individually to every single person that comments on my blog, any of my social media accounts, asking more questions to just getting more engaging myself. Um, and I feel like that's made a dramatic difference. And to me, it, just makes it so much more interesting. It's less about like how many likes and comments am I getting? It's like, what kind of conversations can I start? How can I ask these other moms for help? How can they ask me for help? How can we all just be a stronger, supportive community to each other? And that's really what I look to Instagram for now. I feel like it's actually a community of like-minded women that we can chat about all things, fashion, beauty, motherhood, travel, whatever. I'm constantly asking for recommendations for restaurants, hotels, um, tricks for mom life. Um, and they're constantly asking me for, you know, what pair of sunglasses I wore or what would I pair with a skirt or, you know, people actually send me like pictures of them wearing something and saying, how could I change that or give them styling advice? So I, I really love the engagement factor. And I, I think it's really changed my life personally, and I hope it's changing theirs too. And I hope it's, you know, just making us all stronger as a community to follow each other. And, and I go on people that comment on my account and I comment on their account. And I feel like it's more of a symbiotic relationship rather than just a one-way street. Like I was viewing it at the beginning, like, Oh, everybody come to me. Like, you know, just follow me because I'm cool. It's like, well, no, there's a million other cool people who really cares, you know? So that's my take on it. <laughs> And, um, I would love to know also from you and Abby both is, um, mm -hmm. we just, you know, said that you really do have to like commit to showing up on Instagram, being engaging, mm -hmm. you know, engaging back. Are there any, um, platforms you guys use, or is there any kind of tips or takeaways that you can offer to someone on how to best stay committed to engaging and being engaged on uh, Instagram? I don't use any other like platforms to do that. I honestly just go every photo every couple of days and like reply to comments and same on my blog. I'm, I've always been this person to send me an email. I respond right away. You send me a text. I respond right, right away because if I wait, I'll forget. So I'm always just really good about staying on top of it. That's, that's the only way that I can really stay organized and, and just be on my A game. And I, I feel like it's much better to respond to people and, and comment on their pages and stuff in real time because it just makes for a stronger connection. But I don't know, maybe you guys can share something with me and I can learn something about how to better stay engaged. Um, I don't use any extra things that I can think of as well. One thing that I will do sometimes is that the same hashtags that I use on my photos, I'll go through and look at other people's accounts. And I've actually ended up finding like accounts that I started following that were really like-minded and actually started like little Instagram relationships with other moms and things like that. Um, even through just hashtags and the ones that I use and obviously that they're using. Um, so that's one thing that I've done in the past. And we usually both end up following each other, commenting on each other's photos. I'm like, Ashley, I try to set aside like 30 minutes after posting to try to comment back on people's things. Mm -hmm. um, also, mom life gets in the way of that a lot of the time. Like I know there's a bunch of comments I should probably be commenting on today that I have yet to get to, but it is true. I mean, I want people to know that they're there and they can ask me anything. Um, I do the same thing with like my DMs. I try to go through them and uh, answer back to people as soon as I can. Um, 
but I, um, do you have any Julie that you, um, well, I mean, people map is, is just a great marketing tool just to really kind of help you stay organized. So like, um, mm-hmm. there you can kind of, cause you can essentially analyze your own page there and make sure mm-hmm. that you're not missing anyone who may be a top commenter for you or someone who is like super engaged in your page. And then you can make sure it's, it just, it's laid out on the desktop. So it's a lot easier for me visually to organize and structure than just seeing it on my phone. Mm, that's okay. really, yeah. I mean, I but you still have one. to I like to put it into play. Yeah. I mean, it's great. You still have to, I mean, you have to be on there organically engaging with people. It's not right. like a robot or anything, but, um, it does help just in terms of like, structure and and organization, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so um, going on to a couple of more things, I want to talk about really kind of branding and and focus. Um, I know earlier, Ashley, you mentioned how you've had Mm -hmm. to do some refocusing. Um, You know, I've talked a lot about rebranding on here. I know that Abby, your Mm -hmm. brand has kind of grown and transitioned as well since you first started. Do you guys have any things that you can offer um, wisdom or um, just advice to someone who may feel like they're in some kind of plateau right now and maybe a rebrand is what they need. Maybe they don't even realize that that may be what they need, but any kind of takeaways that you can share with them or advice on, on how to really kind of figure that out for themselves and focus down. Oh my gosh. The funniest thing for me, I just laughed when you said that was, I just remembered like right when I first built my blog, I think I had eight genres or categories on it. I had DIY and chic baby and all these things that I was trying, I was literally spreading myself so thin trying to, I was like making t-shirts for kids and making spit up bibs and stuff that like, I honestly would never do in real life. (laughs) Like I did it one time. I'm surprised I could even do that. Um, it just was, it was not me. And you could tell people were like, who does this? Cause I just wasn't finding my niche. Like I'm not a DIY, you know, mom. I'm not someone that does that every day of my life. Um, there, so I just, you really have to hone in on what you're doing. I think Julie, you even told me this. you need to have like a two minute elevator, elevator pitch and don't ask me mine right now. Cause I probably couldn't even tell you cause I'm actually rebranding again, <laughs> um, but you have to be able to sell yourself and say exactly what your brand is. Um, I used to only call, you know, my and a mom and baby, but I also found that that was almost like boxing me in too much. So now it's like a lifestyle brand. So I have to incorporate more of that into it, but it's more stuff that I just do every day. It's just incorporating into the actual business. Um, so I would say you need, you've got to find your actual niche, stick to it, be authentic. Um, if you want to talk about being authentic too in your brand, but be authentic in your brand deals, you know, don't take everything that's thrown at you and then say, I would never post about this cause it's the healthiest thing. And then two days later, you're posting the most healthy snack ever for your child. It just doesn't, if I was following that, I'd be like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And I'd probably unfollow it. Um, you have to really know who you are, what your brand is and what you're really putting out there into the world and stay really consistent with it. So that was one of my things I think with, uh, finding myself in branding. Um, yeah, for me, I, I definitely went through a transition because it's hard when you're first starting out your brand, you don't exactly know who you are, what you want to portray. You really have to get down to basics though. And just think of 
you know, what you can provide to your readers that's different maybe than someone else. And for me, that comes to my background, I feel like, of uh, of loving to share advice and tips and tricks um, for styling and beauty. Um, so that's what I really try to stick to. And every day when I put up either an outfit post or a video or uh, my collage picks, which is called Editrix Picks, I try to offer some sort of advice. So why I paired a red shoe with a plaid dress, you know, it's just um, little tips and tricks that you can give here and there that, that will help people. And that's what you should focus on too in your um, sort of niche, what you can provide people and, and, and go like that. And also I feel like I do need a rebranding um, on my blog because I, I needed to make it more um, specific. So I, I, I'm planning to do something that says like everyday outfit ideas and really break it down to specific things that people can click on, um, work outfit ideas, weekend outfit ideas, travel. You know, I really want to break it down, make it easier for my followers and readers to be able to find specific things, because I think that's why people are actually going to blogs now rather than just Instagram. If they're making it all the way to the blog, it's because they're looking for something very specific. So make it as easy as possible when people actually get to your blog so that they can find what they're looking for. Oh, those are great tips. I love that. Um, going into analytics, um, are there any tools that you guys use or do you just use Instagram, um, to kind of track, you know, what may be working for you, what may be not working for you, the best time of days to post all of that good stuff. Um, I use my Instagram one. So it's the, you know, in the little top right corner that looks like a graph that shows you your demographic, shows you what city everyone lives in, best times to post. Is it men or women who are following you? What age groups? It really does give you a great breakdown also of your impressions, your reach, um, how many website clicks you have, who viewed your profile. It really does do a good job, I think, of really breaking it um, down. And then before that, I think I used to use Iconis Square, which I have yet to... I've yet to use since Instagram let me start viewing my own. Um, I do the same. I use Instagram analytics and I also use, um, WordPress analytics. And of course, Google analytics is helpful every once in a while too, though. I feel like it's kind of off sometimes if you don't have your, all your pages marked correctly. But, um, yeah, I feel like WordPress is super good because it tells you every single click. And also shop style and reward style. If you're affiliated, going there and seeing what people actually bought or the links that they click through to buy stuff is really interesting and helpful. I find for me, shoes um, do amazingly well and accessories do amazingly well. So um, maybe that's just easier for people to relate to. They don't want to wear my shirt, but they want my shoes or my bag or earrings or something like that. Mm, Yeah, that's good. I love that. You guys are awesome. Um, okay. So before we wrap this up, I want you guys to each kind of share your one secret that you think is vital to long-term growth as an influencer. (laughs) Do you want me to go, Ashley? (laughs) Um, I'll go. (laughs) Okay. Um, I think the secret to lasting, um, growth on your blog and social and just as an influencer in general is really being professional and consistent. Um, so working at a corporate company for seven years really taught me how to, uh, answer emails appropriately, be on time, um, be consistent and, uh, be friendly and just how to have relationships with people that you're working with. I think that goes a long way. If you're trying to make your blog a business, you really have to have relationships with people you're working with. Think of it as working in an office. You know, you have to have that 
cube mate that you, you know, are constantly talking to and bouncing ideas off of. And you want to have other people in the industry, whether it's other influencers or publicists or designers, whatever it is, um, to have that two-way communication. And that way, too, when you're pitching ideas, they can give you other ideas and say, actually, we're looking for, you know, to promote our mineral skincare right now. We're not really working on sunscreen because summer is almost over. So you really want to have that back and forth conversation um, with people. And then also consistency is key. So consistency in your posting, what you're posting, the images you're posting, are they high res? Um, and, and staying in line with your brand on deals too. That's, that's all, you know, among the consistency things. And I just think being, you know, authentic and, and, and serving in the best way you can, like you said before on the podcast, Julie, like for me, giving those tips and tricks and those things that are really going to make women's lives easier when they're working at an office all day, what can I help them shop for? You know, because they don't have time to go scour 10 different websites, making it easy for them to want to come to your site because they know they're going to find some useful information. That's both great. I love that. You guys are awesome. You have such great information. You're doing so good. It's. I think people are going to just love this. Um, okay, so before we wrap it up, um, I'm going to ask you a question that I ask everyone that comes on the show, and that is, what does influence mean to you? I knew you were going to ask this. I, I know. Way, I, I listened to way too many of your, your podcasts. Um, I was thinking that, for me, I really think um, being an influencer or what influence means to me is... Um, being able to connect people and having some kind of conversation start from what you're putting out there into the world and maybe having somebody come and look at your brand as an everyday inspiration and being able to take your honesty and your authenticity and maybe applying that to maybe something that's happening in their life and their experience and being able to deal with it or connect with you through that. Um, so, you know, for me, motherhood, you know, being honest and talking about my journey through motherhood, I find that many women connect through that and it actually creates and cultivates this huge conversation about what it means to be a mom and motherhood and things like that. So, um, for me, it's really about cultivating a conversation within a group and being able to maintain that. Um, for me, I feel like having influence is really sharing, um, all your little, you know, must haves and things that you love and restaurants that you loving at. So it's really just connecting the dots for people. And, you know, I noticed when I traveled that I was finding like just generic sites like TripAdvisor or I don't know, like eater.com or whatever, but I wanted real, um, you know, information and recommendations from real people and real girls I could relate to. And that's what I try to provide as an influencer, um, to influence them on where they should eat, where they should stay, what clothes they should buy. That that's what I think it is. All right, ladies. Well, thank you so much for this. And please let everyone know that's listening where they can find all of your amazing content, your blog, of course, your socials, all of that good stuff. Um, so you can find me, Abby, on thechicmas.com. So it's T-H-E-C-H-I-C-M-A-M-A-S.com. And then on all social media platforms, I am uh, The Chic Mamas. And thank you so much, first of all, Julie, for having me. I love your podcast, so I'm so excited to be on here. I'm geeking out. But um, everyone can find me at thestyleetrix.com. And then on all my social platforms, I'm at 
the style editrix. So there's two E's. It's kind of confusing. Everyone's like, why did you name it editrix? But hopefully you guys can find me. (laughs) And I follow them both. So you can find them, of course, on mine as well. Um, So if you want to dive a little bit deeper into some of the action tips that they both drove home for us today so beautifully, you can, of course, head over to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com. There you will find show notes as well as a sign up to the newsletter where you can get more insider tips and tricks. And again, Ashley and Abby, thank you so much for coming on board and sharing your wisdom. I just think you girls are fantastic and you're just so in the trenches with it all. So I feel like your feedback and your tips really are super actionable and vital for what we're all going through today. So thank you. Well, thank thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Are you ready to create your own industry-leading influence? For show notes, downloads, and action-based tips, head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode, guest, and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.